Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to another episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the Jimmy Graham to my Kyle Rudolph. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, I feel uh, tall, and I feel like every ball that you throw to me is 50-50. All right, sweet. And then our very own Luke Wilson. That's right, starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions, Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing? Blocked. I was say, sorry, Eric can't hear me. <laughs> blocked. He's blocked me. Blocked. Yeah, that was the first time that Luke Wilson completed a successful block while he played oh, for so the Seahawks. Also, not the quarterback for the Lions, the tight end. Uh, they, they have a quarterback named Luke Wilson also. Doesn't count. You're blocked. <laughs> <laughs> they have Matt Castle as their back. Anyway, uh, let's get right to work. Uh, the Seahawks. There's a few little Seahawks tidbits this week that came out. You guys ready for some Seahawks news tidbits? This is where we're at at the offseason. You guys ready? Yeah, I have a, I have a um, question at the end. Seahawks no longer partnering with Papa John's. Good. Better racism, better pizza. Papa John's. Nah, I disagree on the pizza ca- uh, there, uh, Nathan. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, do, bad. do you like gar- do you like garlic butter to dip your pizza in? I don't That's like. I've never reason. liked Papa John's. I think it's gross. I think there's a lot of crust on there, and I'll take take and bake any but, other time. Uh, no nope. crust is the best part of pizza. No one is taking this harder than people who wanted more money to be in the University of Louisville football program. That's true. That's the, those are the people that care the most about this story. Um, other ones, Earl Thomas on Instagram. Extend if you don't want me. Let's make a trade. So that's my question, Nathan. You are the Seahawks GM. You are taking his suggestion. Are you extending him or trading him? No, I will tell him I want you to play this year. It's not a lie. Like they want him to play this year. I think this is a bunch of bunk. I love Earl. But if you want to be here, then don't run to the Cowboys locker room at the end of a game. Don't act like this. This is childish behavior, and you're above this, Earl. I'm really disappointed in you. Still my favorite Seahawk. Still love your jersey. Still going to rock it all the time. But uh, this is uh, so dumb. This, so this kind of stuff has happened in the NBA a lot recently. Um, some people some people have jokingly called it pre-agency, where the uh, the players are going in and the year before they the year before they're actually free agents, they're saying like, I want to play for this team, trade me to this team, or I will, and I'm not going to resign with you. So they basically are like trying to force a trade and also dump the value because in the NBA you can get a better contract if you are currently on that team. Uh, well. The, the I don't know he's doing something like that something approximating that it's it sucks and it's dumb and it's stupid how about that that's my opinion on it I mean that's exactly what he's doing he's he's saying that you know if you don't want me but no one wants to pay the asking price for the Seahawks I saw a, a, when reading the story one of the other stories next to it was the Seahawks should really consider trading Earl Thomas do you think they haven't looked you think they're like just going to give him away for nothing? Yeah, you're not going to trade him for a fourth-round pick. He's, no. He's worth more to the, the team fir- than that. But the big thing is, as a fan, I've learned over the years, when it comes to contract stuff, I don't hold anything against the player, don't hold anything against the team, see how things shake out, judge it afterwards. The The whole thing for me is that the if the, someone offered a second-rounder, he'd already be packing his bags. So like the moment someone comes in with a second-round pick, I think he's gone. But you know they're asking publicly for a first rounder because I think that's you. You ask for more than you actually think you're going to get. Well, and they're going to get a third rounder when he walks, so there's no reason to trade him. For Maybe less we thought that we thought that last year, and the quality of free agents we had going out was much better than coming in, and we still managed to not get any compensatories because we signed a bunch of medium guys. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, I yeah, that's true. So I mean. It's it's a it's a risk. There's a there's an inherent risk for counting on compensatory picks. Um, okay, for um, that's that's it for for Seahawks for me. I mean, there's one other thing. Um, if Averill said maturity is what's holding back Jermaine Fetty and nothing else, uh, 
what do you guys think about that? Is that like one of those just like dumb scout statements or do you think there's something to it? Uh, Kevin, have you heard that so-and-so is in the greatest shape of his life right now? I have. I've also heard that uh, a certain players never felt better. That's what this feels like to me. I mean, we sit on this podcast and this podcast is we're trailblazers. Let's face it. Yeah, his maturity is a thing for sure. His ability might also be a thing. I don't know. If by maturity you mean his ability to uh, read and react like his on-the-field football maturity, then, I mean, yeah, I think that, that is. Like, he, he, he's clearly not aware. Well, but there we'll were, see what coaching does for that. There were reports that he was really down on himself and he couldn't get out of his funks. I don't know. I don't think this is new news. Well, having your offensive line coach be a complete dick who this likes punching true. people probably does not help the like the uh, overall feel for players. So we'll see. All right. Um, other interesting Seahawks stat that came out this week um, on Reddit. Redditor X Seahawks 32X posted Russell Wilson threw 12 touchdowns on passes that traveled at least 20 yards in the air last season, tied for first in the NFL. One of my least favorite things about Ru- Russell Wilson haters is they say he can't throw deep. I don't really understand where that idea comes from. He's one of the best deep throwers in the league. Um, so that's that's all I have to say about that. Saying Russ can't throw deep is like saying that Bobby Wagner can't blitz. Just because he doesn't do it every down doesn't mean he can't do it. If you're really efficient at something, then you're really good at something. All right. And then, yeah, he had the like fifth best rating on deep passes as well. Um, all right. So then NFL news for this week. Um, the yep, Rams extended uh, Brandon Cooks five years. DeMarco Murray retired. Like, there's just not that much out there right Randy now. Randy Gregory was reinstated. Oh, here, here's here's your story of the week. You guys ready? <laughs> Tony Romo predicted Packers-Jaguars Super Bowl. Um, what do you guys think about that? All quarterback versus no quarterback. Interesting. Yeah, I, I like the Packers too, Tony. Yeah, Jaguar seems, it seems pretty loose for Mr. Romo there. And that Jaguars team, what a defense. Well... <laughs> Hey, Tony, you don't think the pa- the Patriots are going to be there? Oh, I forgot about the Patriots. Yeah, Packers-Patriots. Oh, one other thing. Uh, Marshall Yonda is apparently starting on the pup list, which is something to keep an eye on because that guy's kind of the beating heart of the Ravens' offense. So. Yeah, so th- it makes me feel a lot better about my 8-8 eight eight Ravens prediction when I heard that. Just it makes so feel you- worse about 10-6, I'll say that. <laughs> so, so uh, all right. Uh, Justin Tucker will carry them. Don't worry. Having but with the- which foot? Having the best kicker in the league is, is worth something. All right. Twist. The 2018-2019 NFL season sees the NFC North open up. I We've believe got- you mean the NFC North division. Okay. Um, yeah, Kevin's trying to give me more Berman impression because I said I missed the Chris Berman in the home run derby, which was not true. It was, <laughs> it was definitely some guy just saying back over and over it was not something I needed back, in my life. Back, back, back. Come on. Everyone would rather hear Chris Berman than that. Okay. Anyway, so it is better than having a generic person do a Chris Bourbon impression. We're gonna we're gonna start off with the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Last year, the Minnesota Vikings went thirteen and three. They added Kirk Cousins, Sheldon Richardson, Kendall Wright, David Perry, and Tavares King, dropping Case Keenum, Jarrett McKinnon, Tom Johnson, Sam Berger, Sam Bradford, and Teddy Bridgewater. Their draft picks included Mike Hughes, Brian O'Neill, and Jalen Holmes. Kevin, what do you think about? So do you think 13-3 and is pretty lofty heights? Do you think the Vikings can repeat their success next year? I think when you're predicting records for teams, if you start going 13 wins or more, then you're kind of setting yourself up. Like 13 wins is really hard to do. What you basically end up doing is you figure a team can probably get to 11 or 12 wins, and one of those teams is likely to explode for more. 
that's kind of the way I do my predictions. I just think that that's the way that it goes. Uh, if you look at this roster from top to bottom, it's a really, really strong team. Losing offensive linemen is rough, but I actually think that Colby Gossett, the uh, Appalachian State player who was their six-round pick, could end up being a starting guard for them. Uh, he could end up being a really good value pick. They still have really good receivers. Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, I know this has become kind of controversial this offseason. I do think he's an upgraded quarterback for them. Yeah, so, Even though so, he didn't have a great season. People really taking the shine off of Kirk Cousins this offseason. Like, there was always like this undercurrent of like, Kirk Cousins, he's really overrated. He's actually kind of good. And then it kind of turned this offseason when he finally got paid. They were like, well, now that he got paid, fuck this guy in particular. Like, yeah. <laughs> he sucks now. And it's like, what? He's the, this, he's the same guy. He's like the 8th to 12th best quarterback in the league. And he was always kind of in that range, that upper middle tier. And with the supporting cast that he has, like, I understand people are using some efficiency numbers, but this is a guy that was playing in a really frustrating situation. He wanted out of town. Bad offense. was low. Really bad, bad offensive line. The offensive line got injured and bad. Um, his receiver core, he was breaking in some new people. It was not... It was not a great situation, not to mention all the injuries. It was basically a revolving door at all the support positions. This team has, top to bottom, their frontline starters are as good as any team in the league, and they drafted for depth. I think Mike Hughes is a really good corner. I think you'll see Mackenzie Alexander make a difference on the team this year. Jalen Holmes adds a lot of necessary depth who can play inside or outside on the defensive line. So... I think it's a really stacked roster yeah, and there, a really good team. There are two guys on the team last year who spent a pretty significant portion of the year on IR in Mackenzie Alexander and Dalvin Cook. That it's like getting two, a, a two first round, a first round draft pick and a second round draft pick this year. You right. know? It's like two guys that they were thirteen and three last year without those guys, and here come two guys that were sec- clear first slash second round talents. Well, don't forget Dalvin Cook is their starting running back, and with a good running back. It's not going to have to be all Kirk Cousins. They won all those games without Dalvin Cook, and Case Keenum is their quarterback. Well, and Dalvin Cook is also a good receiving back. He's shown that. So that's a weapon that Kirk Cousins can take advantage of. And they'll have and, short, they'll have medium, they'll have long. Kirk, they have and, speed, they have good hands. The offense is stacked, and we haven't even gone into the defense. Kirk, and Nathan, what's Kirk Cousins' favorite position to yeah, throw say, to? Kirk Cousins loves throwing to tight ends. He's made many tight ends very successful. We saw it in Washington. I know people in fantasy probably got frustrated with how much his tight ends got injured, but he, he knows how to make the tight end position really matter on a team, and Kyle Rudolph is the only NFL quarter, or tight end with five touchdowns in the last three seasons and the only one with seven touchdowns in the last two seasons. He's been very consistent. He's been very good. Um, I'm a big Kyle Rudolph fan. I think that he's going to be awesome this year. In addition to the fact that Thielen and Diggs are you know, among the best top, top two wide receivers of any team that has in the NFL. Yep, and then Treadwell, if he can take a step forward, that's great. Otherwise, Kendall Wright was a nice pickup. King was a nice pickup. Like, they're going to have a functioning third wide receiver for sure. I'm like the Laquan, Laquan Treadwell believer. Like, I, I just keep thinking, like, he's going to turn the corner. He's going to figure it out. He because, just has all the makings of a good possession receiver. Right. He's, he is everything I look Like, when I look at him and I watch him play you know, as a rookie or not as a rookie, but in his college and stuff, I'm like, okay, this guy's awesome. Like this guy should be really good. And he just isn't, hasn't quite put it together in the NFL yet. I don't know. Everson uh, Griffin got paid. He's going to be happy. Daniel Hunter got paid. He's going to be happy. He, can they I talk about LaCron La- 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 really quick? Yeah. The upside here is like Anquan Bolden. So like, if you, 
think Anquan Bolden's good. That's that's where his upside is like prime Anquan Bolden, just like a really strong receiver who can make all the tough catches. Um, has wiggle. He's not like you know devoid of that, but that kind of guy. All right, defense now. Defense, um, Eric. Can we? Can we? Can you tell me? Um, oh, this I don't want to. I don't want to say it. Okay, who's so they've got their premier safety, Harrison Smith. Um, they've got they they took our one of our best performing defensive linemen yeah. from last year, Sheldon, Sheldon Richardson. Richardson. They Kevin mentioned it already. Everson Griffin got his big paycheck. Um, is this defense the best defense in the in the NFL, or do you think that there's another defense that you like better? Man, I think that I mean, I've said this before. It's going to be showtime between the Vikings and the Rams. I think the Rams defense. I don't know, man. Pick one. I, I'm sure you guys will have a strong opinion one way or the other. This is where I'm going to be totally vague because I want to see how the season plays out. That's going to be the most exciting thing, non-Seahawk related in the season to me, is when just looking at these teams week by week, what their defenses do. And they and they both have really good, solid offenses. But I don't know, man. This team just kept adding and kept adding. I felt like the Rams made a splash with bigger names. It was like an arms race this offseason between was. these two teams and the Eagles. It's like they were already kind of the best teams, and they just kept trying to get more dudes. Oh, don't forget the Chargers and the Broncos, though. Man, the top five defenses are stacked. Yeah. But yeah. I will say this. like this Dominican is- Sue is a great addition for the Rams, but I felt like the Sheldon Richardson signing was quiet enough outside of Seattle that it – it didn't really make that huge of an impact around the league, People but it was so niche and so specified that it. I feel like it's going to be better for the Vikings than yeah. Sue will be for the Rams. People well, don't like know how good he is next to Linville Joseph. Yes. That's a really deadly combo. Another thing too is is that this is a passing league now, and this team has five cornerbacks who I would say could start for most teams in the NFL. I mean, maybe not Terrence Newman. He is he is thirty nine, which is like five hundred in football player years. But but like they have legitimately five starter quality defensive ba- or cornerbacks, and they're being backed up by Harrison Smith. So the, who is perhaps the best free safety in the league? Uh, sorry to Earl Thomas lovers. I mean it's it's he's right there though. He's in the mix with yep. Earl. So uh, th- it's it's a great it's a great 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 football team. Let's go to records, uh, Kevin. Like I said, it's hard to project a team above twelve wins. I have met eleven and five. Okay. Very strong showing, Eric. I'm reckless. I got him 13 and 3. I got him 12 and 4. So I think we're right there, though. I think we have high expectations for the Vikings. And really, just quarterback injuries are the things that could sink their season. Uh, other than that, they're super solid. Uh, all right. Coming up next, we have the second place team from last year, the 9 and 7 Detroit Lions. The ni- Lions added Sylvester Williams, Devon, Devin Kennard, LaGarrette Blunt, Levine Toilolo, and Deshaun Shedd. Haloti. They dropped Haloti Nagata. Tahir Whitehead, Eric Ebron, Paul Warrior and DJ Hayden. They drafted Frank Ragnall, Carrion Johnson, and Deshaun Hand. Eric, this uh, Lions offense always seems like it's missing a running game. Now that they've drafted Garrett <laughs> Blunt and Carrion Johnson, do you think they'll bring a more balanced attack to the to the to the NFC North? I I think it might be a little more balanced. I'm I'm not, you know, Mr. College. Carrion Johnson, I would like Kevin to fill me in on him a, in a second. I'm really kind of into LeGarrette Blount here because Matt Stafford's been punching it in at the one-yard line for him, and I feel like that will give them a little better option. He's a wrecking ball for sure. And he can still play. He can still ball. He's not going to you know, be getting 20 carries a game, but he's still a guy that you have to watch out for. I'm excited for that. Beyond that issue, though, I'm pretty down on this team. I don't, 
I don't really understand what the Lions do year in year out, making a uh, an incomplete team of such talented players. But it's Kevin, a, it's like a team that I think should be really good. Like this offensive line, like has good players. Uh, T.J. Lang, Ricky Wagner, Frank Ragnow. Like this should be pretty good offensive line. They got good wide receivers, Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. Their quarterback's pretty decent, Stafford. I like Stafford. They got good running backs. They have a pass rusher that you can count on, Ziggy Ansah. They have uh, they have decent secondary players. Like it's it all seems like it should be okay, but it never works out for the Lions. Kevin, why is why does this team always seem to fall short? Well, I think this is a tale of two parts of a team. The offense I really like. I think Carryon Johnson is an every down back, and when he's being complimented by Theo Riddick as a pass catcher, and by Legarrette Blunt as you know that bull down inside that he can be i think they have a really good a really solid running game i love the offensive line people are forgetting taylor decker is basically a extra first round draft pick he was out the entirety of last season with an injury and so they were missing their left tackle they had to play um a redemption project at left tackle last year this is a top tier offensive line ricky wagner got paid for a reason like he's real good he is a top tier right tackle i think frank ragnow could end up being the best offensive lineman from this draft um it's going to be him and it's going to be uh uh nelson and those are the two so i think this offense is stacked very very talented group this defense i have zero faith in deshaun hand i don't really know what he is in the nfl and i question whether he's gonna be that effective he's basically a run-stopping defensive end so they have him and Zettel. Neither one's really a pass rusher. So they basically have just Ziggy Ansah. They let Whitehead walk. Jer- uh, Jared Davis is a really good run stopper and a really good tackler. But, like, do they think Jalen Reeves-Maven can step in and give some pass rush? I don't know where the rest of the pass rush is coming from. And then Tease Tabor hasn't really shown out. Uh, Darius Slay's very good. Uh, Glover Quinn is above average. But he's, like He's fine. I don't know, like, I. this is like a top five offense and a bottom ten defense. There's no standouts on They're, defense, But right? the defense is getting a full new coaching staff, I mean, because they kept the offensive coaching staff and basically ditched every single defensive guy. The Jim guy. Bob Cooter era continues. Yeah. So Jim Bob got to stay and then everyone else had to go. Kevin, real quick, <laughs> carry on Johnson. What do you like about him? What do you not like about him? I like that he can both be a weapon in the pass in the run game he's a physical runner he's got decent size he's right about six foot he's like in that 210 to 220 pound range um he does get banged up a little bit but he got ran a lot at auburn he's used to splitting carries so the idea of him moving in and out of the backfield isn't going to be hard because he split carries with a petway at auburn so yeah i think he's a good fit i've heard a lot of people compare him to like tevin coleman like a guy who like can be really successful if you don't overload him because he doesn't have like the perfect build to be like a 30 carry a game guy. I could definitely see that comparison. Um, so that that's that's kind of where I uh, where I'm at. Unlike that. Amir Abdullah, he doesn't drop the ball every third carry, which is really going to help him. Um all right, what's let's, let's hear prediction of the Lions starting with Eric. Uh like I said I'm down on this team. I have them at 5 and 11 and I'll I'm I may I'll admit that seems a little low, but I think of the Atlanta Falcons and what a great offense they have and what a terrific defense they have. And I look at the Lions and what a terrific offense they should have and what a mediocre defense they will have at best. And I just, no more than five wins for this team in this division, especially. And check their schedule. Check their schedule. Not not super favorable. 
No, not at all. They have to play the NFC West. They play the Falcons. They play the yeah the they NFC play, West. Play the Rams. They play the they play us, which coming off a bye. Uh, Kevin. Yeah, you guys hit exactly what I was going to say. Last year they went nine and seven, but that was coming off of a, a worse schedule. Um, because they didn't make the playoffs the previous year. The other thing that's the really interesting thing to keep in mind is last year they went 5-1 and one in their division. They swept Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers out, and they swept Chicago. Those two teams got better. In my opinion, I think that the Lions are a better team than they were last year, but their record will not show it. I have them at 6-10. and 10. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I'm at 5-11. and 11. I'm not a huge uh, Lions believer this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up like nine and seven. There's upside on this roster that it seems good, but the defensive coaching staff is going to have to get a little extra, especially out of the pass rush. I think it's like a really one-dimensional pass rush where if you double doubles, and Ziggy, also disappeared before you're, too, you're you're going to be in trouble. They're almost right. like the the reverse Bengals and reverse of a mediocre team is just a mediocre team in a different way. Uh, Pack- Packers were the third place team in the NFC North last year. They went seven and nine. Uh, they added Tremont Williams, Muhammad Wilkerson, Mercedes Lewis, Jimmy Graham, and Deshaun Kaiser. They lost Morgan Burnett, Jordy Nelson, Jari Evans, and Ahmad Brooks. They drafted Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, and Oren Burks. This is a weird offseason for the Packers because the Packers in in the past have been unwilling to build in any way except through the draft. This year they add two marquee free agents in Tremont Williams and Muhammad Wilkerson. And I think it may and Jimmy Graham, sorry, three. And I think that that says a lot about what this team is trying to do. They are really trying to win in this window. They know that the Aaron Rodgers window is probably not going to stay open forever. He's 34 years old and he seems to get dinged up every couple years. They want to try to win. This is the, they're taking their shot and it's good. I think it's a good idea. Um, there's one big problem with this team though. And that's their head coach is Mike McCarthy. And I still hate him and he still <laughs> sucks. And anybody who's listened to this podcast for a long time knows that I think very little of Mike McCarthy. This is the best roster they've put together, but I don't have much faith in them because I hate Mike McCarthy so much. Kevin, convince me that Mike McCarthy can make it happen. No. No. <laughs> uh, so I really like a lot of what they did in the offseason. They did a couple of things I thought were extremely smart. They were having issues in the secondary. So they drafted Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson. And then they signed Tremont Williams. Their, so their secondary is going to be really good. Kevin King, Tremont Williams, Josh Jackson, Jair Alexander, and then there's uh, and then Clinton Dix. Yeah, there's a, this is a good this is a good secondary. This is a really good secondary. Uh, adding Mo Wilkerson to that line because Dean Lowry is a really solid role player. When suddenly he's kind of like the uh, like the third lineman. That's not a bad place to be in. They moved Clay Matthews back outside, too, and then Wilkerson's going to be able to occupy enough space that Matthews should be able to get free. And Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels can put a lot of pressure on an offensive line. Like, they've got three space eaters on the line. And then I think that there's a really quiet, smart draft pick in Oren Burks, who is a... And then also Kyler Fackrell, their draft pick from a couple years ago. Um, Those are two players that offer a lot more coverage ability than we've seen from linebackers on this team in the past. Yeah, I really don't like Blake Martinez. Uh, Blake it, Martinez is it's a stiff. Guy, it's a guy who, like, the more I watch him, the more I was like, man, this is a guy that you really want to have be a backup on your team. Yep. <laughs> so the second thing I really like is wide receiver. 
position that they were having problems with. So they threw a bunch of resources at it. They threw a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth round pick on there. Uh, Jamal Moore is a stretch the field vertical runner. Equinemia St. Brown has a lot of physical tools. Marquez Valdez Scantling was really talented for a small school team. Also, all this three of one of them to work. All three of those guys, Kevin, sound like they're from the names sketch on Kean Peel. <laughs> There's definitely a part of that there. <laughs> and then I think Cole Madison, the offensive lineman out of Wazoo, was a really nice pickup for them. He's a guy who could come in and actually fight for that right guard job. Yeah, those their guards are not their tackles are special, but their guards are not. You know the other really big <laughs> offseason move? Uh Aaron Rodgers got healthy. No, who's their defensive coordinator? Uh oh wait. They got rid of Dom Capers. They yeah, got rid Mike of Dom Pet- Capers yeah. who sucks. Yeah, Mike- Doesn't matter who they replaced him with. They could have left it blank. They got wrong. They could have too, Blake dude. Martinez <laughs> hold a clipboard. Like this was a big upgrade, and actually Mike Pettin's a good defensive coordinator. So not only did they get rid of a bad defensive coordinator, but they replaced him with a good one. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this defense plays. And I think we all know if Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy, he can make an offense work. If he cannot stay healthy, then their offense is going to suck anyway. I don't know if you guys know this, but Mike Pettin's been a uh, like a um, a what, what's it called when you advise someone but you get paid for it? Analyst. No, a consultant. consultant for the Seahawks for the last couple of years. So, yeah, I agree. Penton's pretty dope. Okay, uh, let's go. Eric, do you have anything you want to say before we go to records? Yeah, we uh, we haven't really spoken about when uh, Mr. James Graham being added to this team. Oh, yeah, go well, for you it. You just mentioned it. Uh, Jimmy Graham, uh, once wannabe prolific tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. I feel like he's going to fit in so good with this team, and he's kind of replacing Jordy Nelson, but I feel like he's going to stay healthier than Jordy Nelson. That's kind of a bold statement. Were we just talking about how Martellus Bennett was supposed to be really good on this team? Yeah, that was a year ago, but Martellus Bennett... (sighs) Hey, you want to know another reason? I don't know. I could go on to Martellus Bennett. Eric, speaking of uh, Packers tight ends, you know another reason I'm down on the the Jaguars this year? Hmm. Their beating heart is now playing for the Packers, Mercedes Lewis. He's like the last oh, yeah, like, yeah. OG Jaguar that, that's that been there forever. All they got, they got rid of a Mercedes. All they have left is a Kia at quarterback. <laughs> Ooh, I'll, I'll say this, though. Mercedes Lewis will fit into that traditional tight end role, and Jimmy Graham can go out and be that big receiver that Aaron Rodgers needs. That's big news because he was throwing to Richard Rodgers. Yeah. It was Royers to Royers, and now it'll be Royers to Graham. All right, let's go Packers records. I got the Packers at ten and six, sliding into the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is amazing. I don't. I know that I'd hate Mike McCarthy, but the it doesn't matter. If Rodgers is healthy, this team's gonna get in the playoffs. Eric, this is a huge year for the Packers. Uh, this is like the team that everyone's overlooking because of the Rams and the Vikings. I have this team at thirteen and three. Whoa! I like it. I actually could totally see it. Bold. Yeah, bold. Rogers is. Rogers is really good. I agree. If the defense comes together under Petten, I think that they could be that good. I like what you said about Petten too, Kevin. Because honestly, I'm not a, a down on Capers as much as you are, but Petten, that's a guy who's going to be aggressive on defense. Aggressive attacking mentality. All right, Kevin, your Packers record. I have them at 10 and 6 and Same. sneaking into the playoffs. Same as me. All right. So we both agree the Packers, we all agree the Packers are probably in the playoffs as long as Rodgers stays healthy. Yeah. And it, with an offense like that, here's the thing. So uh, Jones is out injured, but the first part of their schedule isn't super rough on them. And I think Jamal Williams is actually a pretty decent running back. So with Jamal Williams running the ball first and second down, and you have Ty Montgomery who can be your third down back or combo them in some way, shape, or form, I think they can get enough running game out there to let Aaron Rodgers do his thing. Yeah, they get to play four out of their first six at home, including the two game road games are against the Washington, D.C. football team and the Lions. So, yeah, that's pretty pretty soft first six. I mean, the Vikings at home, that's going to be a great a great game. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, all right. 
let's go finally to the last team, the Chicago Bears. The Bears last year went three and third, five and eleven. Sorry, they uh, added Aaron Lynch, Trey Burton, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, and Cody Parkey. They dropped Josh Sitton, Mitch Unrein, Pernell McPhee, Kendall Wright, Cameron Meredith. They drafted Rokon Smith, Anthony Miller, and James Daniels. Uh, Kevin, uh, Mitchell Trubisky made great strides last year. What do you think? What do you think is this offense is capable of in twenty eighteen? I think uh, the this coaching staff is more creative offensively, and with the addition of Allen. Swiss Family Robinson. Ho 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 ho! It's for you. Uh, um, what about the, what about getting you. what about uh, getting Kevin? It doesn't matter if you're black or white back. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> matter because he's going to get injured again. The Berman fever spreads. Uh, I hope he doesn't because he has so much talent. He does, and I really want him to do well. I think that uh, it's like his no biblical Taylor to- Archangel Eight Gabriel will also be a factor on this. Uh, it, <laughs> we can keep this going. Uh, and the Anthony Miller band. Um, I, I really like Anthony Miller coming out of Memphis. I think that he's a really versatile receiver. He's like right around that six-foot range. He can play inside. He can play outside. Um, he's one of those guys who just really understands how to go get the football. I think he's going to be a great addition. And honestly, if Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson are the two biggest weapons on this receiving core, that's enough because Trey Burton is a really flexible tight end. And I'm going to go out and say it. I really like the interior of this offensive line. Right now, you're going to see a lot of projections with Cody Whitehair at center. That's probably going to change. I'm willing to put money on Cody Whitehair switching to left guard. In college, he played a lot of guard and tackle. And then Daniels and will Daniels slot in will at center. Daniels will take his spot at center because Daniels is a natural center. Yeah, and then that gets Bradley Soul as far away from the football field as possible. Which is what you want every time. And then they have plus-plus three players along the interior of the line. And all they need is Charles Leno and Bobby Massey to be average. And guess what they are? They're real average. So what you have that. You have Roquan Smith, who's a difference maker on defense. There's a lot of reasons, you know, uh, Eddie Jackson was a really uh, outstanding safety in college who slipped in the draft last year because he was injured. So he was coming off injury when he played for the team last year, which means he's kind of like an extra draft pick. So the defense should be improved. There's a lot of reasons to like this offense between the improved passing game and what we already know is a good running game. Jordan Howard can run the ball. There's no questions there. And if Tarek Cohen can be that little extra, that's, that's really special. Okay, Eric, um, there's been a lot of rumors uh, spreading around about the, the fact that Jordan Howard is not a good fit in a Matt Nagy offense because he cannot catch the ball very well. Do you think this is like all overhyped? Like, Do you think Howard is going to fix his patch pass catching issues or could we see like jordan jordan howard really he was the you know the whole offense for two years for this team basically it was jordan howard and like no one else for the last two years does does uh does he finally start to you know give a little bit of the reins over to everyone else here you know i think that the last time i heard something about a a running back that didn't fit in with the system was jhi and i agreed with that i don't see that here Josh Howard was the bell cow. This guy, like you said, was the offense. This is why you have Treat Cohen. You have two great backs, two decent options that can do different things, can do similar things. I feel like Josh Howard is a good fit anywhere. He stays healthy for now. Tariq Cohen is uh, is going to have to be getting some of the looks. The addition of Taylor Gabriel, I love that signing. Oh, my gosh. That bumped them up a whole win for me. But um, <laughs> seriously, it's... Uh, I, I see no issue there. I think that is, I think that's a weird thing to worry about. 
right. I would like now to say a little thing here real quick. Here's, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, with the point on the running backs, you know, Spencer Ware wasn't really known as a pass-catching back, but he did really well in that Kansas City offense. I think some of that pass-catching ability is overblown. Well, yeah. now, here's the thing. Let's, let's say he doesn't, too. If he doesn't right. put it together, like, it's... I don't think it's the end of the world because he's not he's not the absolute worst at it. He can still run it. Yes. Yeah. All right, you guys ready for my uh for my take here on the defense? Do go it. bold. This defense is bad. <laughs> there you go. That's that's my take on the Bears defense. They have no stunning analysis. They have no pass rushing. Like I think they'll actually cover pretty good, but you can't cover forever in 2018 NFL and they'll find guys to throw to. And I don't know if you remember what well, we already talked about this. The quarterbacks in this division are good. Like, real good. And so the, the, they're going to get picked apart all season. And it's like the biggest downer I have about this team is, like, they need a really good pass rusher. And their starting outside linebackers are Aaron Lynch and Leonard Floyd, which I don't know if you know this, those guys have combined for, like, three sacks last year. Leonard and Floyd was drafted high to be a pure pass rusher, but it hasn't happened. He is a projection tools player. Right. He had four and a half sacks last year. I just don't – I don't know. I'm yeah, just, I don't think you can bank on him at all. I agree with it's, you. It's like that – this is the biggest problem. Like, Roquan Smith and Tri- Danny Trevathan, like, that's like the perfect 2018 inside linebackers. They have great coverage skills. They can cover a bunch of positions. They fill in the run game. Like, they're really perfect for 2018 football. They just needed to sign – one outside pass rusher and i'd be willing to say like this is a playoff team that's how far i'm willing to go in fact but they just don't have it they just don't have a pass rusher and so i don't know it's it's like it puts a lid on how good i think this team can be when i'm excited about the offense like you guys are i think there's a lot of positives to take away about the offense i'm excited about the pass the pass per, uh, coverage but the the pass rushing is going to be a mess for this team if you can be patient i think it's good to be a bears fan because you don't have anything this year to look forward to except for improvement, and I feel like the next year it's the same. But after that, the division will even out if they keep building through the draft and through some, some good signings. This could be a really awesome team in two years. Yeah, they need like a corner and a pass rusher, and I would love this team. And if you build it slowly, man, it can happen for the for the Bears. Yeah, I mean, you can pick both those up in one draft. Just put Ditka back at the helm. You know, I mean, Danica Patrick, she abandoned the Bears for her boyfriend's Packers, so it's 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 over. You know, if she's abandoning the Bears, we should too, guys. All right, so <laughs> Kevin, Kevin just that? shaking his head so much. All right, let's go records. I got the I Bears. Like you went Danica Patrick, and Eric and I both looked at each other like, is Nathan drunk? <laughs> no, she's dating Aaron Rodgers, man. All right, okay. uh, Aaron Royers. Uh, all right, here we go. And she used to be a Bears fan, not anymore. Now she likes Packers. Uh, anyway, never seven, was a Bears fan. Seven and nine. That's where I, that's where Ooh, I got the Bears. Seven and nine. Yeah. Oh, just need to go, Kevin. Uh, I have this team very much like the Lions: a good offense, a terrible defense, and a struggling, tough division. I have them at five and eleven. Uh, Nathan, clearly looking at my notes prior to this, I also have the Bears at seven and nine. Wow. I I put them at seven wow. and nine because I just felt like they were going to improve, and I just. I think they this. are going to improve. I feel like they have an easier schedule than the Lions right. and a very similar team. So I put them one one win ahead of them. Yeah, I think that they 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 have. A, I, I'm with you 100. I think the Lions have a slightly better offense and a much harder schedule. Yup. So the I mean the Bears get like the Seahawks at home. They get the Rams at home. They get 
So they they have like the good this NFC West team. Sound easy. Say, no, they have they have the know, good they have the good NFC West teams at home. They have the heart the easier easier ones on the road. Yeah, like, they get like Tampa it, Bay at just, home. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to come in and play well or anything. Yeah. Um, I think they could like sneak a win off the Giants maybe. They get to play uh, the Jets or San Francisco depending on how. It's yeah, they going got the there. Jets. I like the Jets. Don't don't. That's I'm not sorry, a win. I meant the Bills. That's not a win. The Jets are good. Okay, Bills auto win. <laughs> The Bills is a free one, freebie. All right, um, that's it for the NFC North. If you have NFC North Bless. takes or you want to tell us what you believe about the North, uh, get in contact with us as soon as possible. Now, if you want to support, we're heading to the money zone, guys. Did you know that? Let's could, head to the money you, zone. Could you, could you tell that I was heading to the money zone? Oh, we were heading towards the money zone. Okay, so uh, we're on the zone, highway. highway uh, to so that if you want to support place. the Seahawks Nest podcast, it's easy to do so. You just head over to patreoncom Nest, and you can donate. To us for as little as a dollar twenty-four a month. Extra content shows up there. Last week, you saw me and Kevin reviewing four of my favorite uh, Cam Chancellor plays. Kevin's mic was a little low. Sorry about that. Um, I didn't. I can't see the levels until it's over. And I was like, we're not about to re-record that. So, so you just gotta listen to me loud and Kevin quiet. That's just the way it is. Uh, and then, but there's other content coming up there all the time. Uh, special podcast during the season where we pick every game. Uh, once we hit week one, which we're actually going to start doing some prediction shows in August, we'll begin that a little earlier yeah. this year. Since gambling is legal, we're all in. Yeah, we're going to do uh, division champs lines. Uh, yeah, some of them preseason bets that are so, really inadvisable but kind of fun. So for our patron, current patrons, I just got to shout them out: Forrest, Lucas, Carrie, Mike, David, Mirza, Keith, Arthur, Frank, Tom, Michelle, Josh, Brett, Brian, William, Russell, Zachary, Kevin, Cody, Kimberly, and Nick. Thank you so much. You guys are helping us. Now, let's say you're dead broke. You have no money and you, you want to support the Seahawks Nest podcast and you don't know how to do so. Well, you can head over to Facebook.com slash The Seahawks Nest or Twitter.com slash Seahawks Nest and give us a follow. Go over to your favorite podcast app. Give us a like or a five-star review. It helps more than you think. Um, and that's all for the money zone. All right, guys. You ready? This yeah, week, let's do this. the Equalizer 2 comes out. So I thought it'd be awesome if we did the one, the only, the Den's Eliminator. Den, Denzel, Denzel Eliminator. <laughs> I'm glad you went with that. I, yeah, thought, that I thought you were just going to uh, roll your eyes when I said oh that no. the first time. Oh, no. I think Den- it was growing on him. It's, no. just, it's too so, good. So what I did is I put every Denzel action movie in a spreadsheet. With some with some debatable omissions. Okay, you can debate some of these uh, omissions and it's fine. inclusions. I, if, you, if you are really mad that I did not include a movie, please send me a Facebook message and I will tell you why you're wrong. Okay, <laughs> Philadelphia, like great action him, movie. I like how you told everyone to send you a message on the thing you don't have. Hey, I have the Messenger app. I just don't have Facebook. Oh, oh that's true. Screw you, Zuckerberg. All right, so um, let's, I'm going to read off the list. Okay, you guys can take mental notes. Get ready to read off the list multiple times. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, this is the most forgettable list we've had. No, it's it's a good one. I, <laughs> it's I think a good list. There's a lot of good movies deep, on here. It's very deep and very uh, similar. Yeah, all these movies. Yes, are, there, oh, there's there a, are lot a lot of, of sevens on yeah, this list. I was going to say, list. there's a lot of sevens on this list. Okay, here we <laughs> Sorry, go. Plexi, there are a lot of 64s to 67s okay, on this list. The Book of Eli, Glory, Man on Fire, American Gangster, Inside Man, Out of Time, Unstoppable, Two Guns, Crimson Tide, Courage Under Fire, The Equalizer, The Magnificent Seven, John Q, Training Day, Safe House, Manchurian Candidate, Deja Vu, The Taking of Pelham 123, and The Siege. All right, so that's 19 Denzel movies that I considered action movies. Okay? Um, we eliminated the sports movies because we couldn't decide which ones were action, so we decided they should all be all. Yeah, it was either we were going to include all the sports movies or none of the sports movies, and we ended up deciding none of the sports movies. So... All right. Good call. Eric, you get our first elimination. 
Which <sighs> Denzel movie do you think? You know what? This one Go it doesn't back. deserve to be here. Go back to that list, man. I gotta. I gotta read it again, or no? Do you want me to I just... want to see it over your shoulder. You okay, just, here. You just, okay, thank you. It, it was up already. It just on the wrong side of the um, screen. You know, I have my favorite in here, which I'm, I'm not going to tell you because I'm. Did you want to be voted out first? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna piss Kevin right off. I'm eliminating Crimson Tide. Oh, <laughs> Crimson Tide. I just that is not the worst movie. It's not. It's not at all. But at the same time, I didn't feel like it necessarily belonged on this list uh, because of the close quarters. And let's face it, Gene Hackman steals everything he's in. Yeah, Gene Hack- Hackman is the his awesome one note acting. Hackman. Hackman is a, is a star in this movie, but I mean, this movie is like high energy. Uh, it's I think t- it's one Tarant- of the better movies, but not the best Denzel. Performance. Didn't Tarantino co-write this movie and Tony Scott directed it? Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, Put it like, back up. <laughs> nope, too late. Crimson Tide gone. But I, it has like really punchy dialogue, which I really liked. I thought, you know, you know. Yeah, whatever. I think that's awfully early, Eric. Crimson Tide was like one of the ones I was like thinking would get to the end. All right, Eric, really? it's coming for the throat. He's going right for the jugular. Kevin, will you do the same? Okay, I'm actually going to eliminate movies that I don't think are good instead of eliminating movies because I'm spiteful. I just didn't so like it. I am a, I'm eliminating like it. Out of Time. Okay. Uh, it had a twist that I just didn't find all that interesting, and I don't think Denzel plays a very good bad guy. Solid, that but... That may come up later. Uh, solid, but unspectacular. I'm going to eliminate John Q., uh, I thought the this movie was like really heavy-handed with it's like, but he can't get healthcare plot, and it was like really trying to tug at your heartstrings. They're doing a thing, um, and I I just didn't care. And That's also, what Denzel does it's, though. It's like the least actiony of any movie on this list, I think. But it's also not as good a drama as a good Denzel drama. Right. It's not. A, it's not. It's not like Fences, and it's not like any of the good action movies. Um, I'm not going to say which one I like the best because I don't want people to kill it. Because you want Eric to eliminate it because he's spiteful. Eric, go ahead. I feel like now, I, now I'm going to do that no matter oh, what. You're the bad guy. This is a fun movie, but I, I, along those lines, it doesn't feel like a Denzel movie. Safe House. Okay. That's fair. What, what You just don't like, not a big Safe House fan? It's, or It's just okay? It didn't appeal to me. I've seen parts of it. It just didn't feel like a Denzel movie it to me. It feels like a kind of movie you'd watch on TNT at like 7 o'clock and be like, eh, yeah, well, it's, it's Yeah, it's but fine. It's, I agree with that totally, but it's not <laughs> good enough to be on TV all the time. It's, it's a movie that you will get up for in the middle of a scene and go get some chips. Yes. You'll be like, oh, this, oh I'm going to keep it on, and then forget it's yeah, on. It's, it's really okay. Yeah, like you have it on while you're cleaning. Um, exactly. uh, but I mean, it's got Ryan Reynolds in it, so yeah, it's fine. There's, sorry, sorry, I should have eliminated it first. There's, <laughs> you should have. <laughs> All right, Kevin. I am uh, eliminating the remake that we didn't need, the taking of Pelham One Two Three. Oh, I'm a, I'm gonna eliminate a remake that we didn't need too, Kevin. I'm gonna go ahead and get rid of the Magnificent no, Seven. No, that's actually uh, a fun movie. Wow. Um, okay, wow. but taking a Pelham Two One Two Three. You two are haters. Let's go. Let's go back. Taking a Pelham One Two Three. Uh, it's, oh my god! It's it's uh it's just not as good as the original, which it's, is kind of a problem. It's another Tony Scott vehicle, but it's got a John Travolta in it, which, which makes every movie worse. Yes, but he's not he's not the worst in this movie, and he's been the worst recently, and he's not the worst in this movie. If by recently, you mean the last forty years? I agree. <laughs> like, here's the thing about Magnificent Seven for me too, Kevin. Is like I think this movie's like really it. It's solid. If you took the Star Factor out, Nathan, there is that what you're saying? There are five movies left on this list that I definitely like better. I agree with that. So, so like, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I don't feel like it was time. Okay. Uh, Eric, do you want me to read the list off again? No, no, I'm, we're, we're on a string of remakes. So I'm eliminating <laughs> Manchurian the Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> All right. I thought this movie was below I. So I saw this movie in a drive-in 
um, which is like which is like a really odd setting to see the Manchurian candidate in. That is uh, an odd setting. I thought this movie was pretty decent though. Like it's it's not great. You're Re- right. Rewatch it, man. It's, it's is it's, it is it not hold up at all? It's just weird, but not good weird. It's like uh, it's really convoluted. It's like, like the one thing I remember is like also it, I felt like uh, what's his name the. Uh, Leif Schreiber? Yes, thank you. Uh, he's he's a phenomenal actor. I felt like it was his movie. Yeah, okay. I can dig that. I mean, Denzel is like the main guy, but maybe he's just like the guy we're following, not the guy who's the... Exactly. It's like uh, you see the movie through Denzel's eyes. Kevin, do you need me to reread the list, or are you good? Uh, I think I am good. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to eliminate Courage Under Fire. Okay. I think it's time for that to go. Uh, it was a good movie... I don't think that the action was the focal point of that movie, and as this is supposed to be an action movie list, I think it's time we can go ahead and eliminate that. Yeah. It was cool. I like what it did. It's time for it to go. Yeah, it's... Good movie, not great movie. It's got action in the movie, but it's... Yeah, it's not an it's action It's more movie. of a thriller, because yeah. it's about uh, backtracking the events of a controversial medal award in the military. All right, well... Um, Only Denzel time, could make that a movie. It's time for me to delete Val Kilmer and Denzel in Deja Vu. I don't know how it was still on here. I think we had forgotten about it, just like um, everyone else has forgotten about this movie. Another Tony Scott movie. Um, Tony Scott and Denzel must be like best friends or something. Besties. Um, but yeah, I'm... Uh, I don't know. It's It's got like the... like Explosions with slow motion thing going on, which, sure. Well, this is another one of those movies that did the play with time thing. Yeah, time um, t- it's like a the most convoluted. Guess time what? Source too. code came along and did it better. Yeah, it's hard to not be convoluted with time movies like this, but yeah, that's yeah. a weird movie. All right, Eric, this is hard because I jokingly suggested it. Uh, I'm eliminating Glory. It's it's a f- it's a great movie. I'm not going to say it's a fine movie. It's a very well done movie. It's a it's a historically important film. Uh, it has Matthew Broderick and a fun mustache. But it's got the guy from Princess Bride too, right? Do, do, is uh, Carrie always in there? Yeah, yeah. Carrie always. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, it doesn't belong in this list though. Goodbye, Glory. All right, Kevin. That was a that was a movie very of its time, and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and eliminate a movie that's dumb fun, but definitely should not make it any further, and that's Unstoppable. No, Unstoppable's so good. I almost, I <laughs> almost did it, Kevin. It's so okay. Unstoppable is like the peak of dumb movies. I just can't express <laughs> to you guys. Like this is when movies got the dumbest. Was Unstoppable. It's just, a, it's just a big stupid train and with they an can't unmanned half it. mile long freight train barreling toward a city. A veteran engineer and a young conductor race against the clock to prevent a catastrophe. Yeah, it's Two it's train awesome. conductors as the stars. Ridiculous. I like how they had to have one old and one young. So it's like uh, the it's Chris, priest from Exorcism. It's Chris Pine, Pine and Denzel. They too. were exorcism. Right. the train in order to get the demon to stop it. And guess who directed I this? An old engineer and guess, Tony Scott. And to, this was Tony Scott. Here's the thing: we eliminated a bunch was of the it Tony, Tony Scott. Scott. Yeah. Yes. We eliminated a bunch of the Tony Scott movies. This was like a like old school good Tony Scott movie, like Crimson Tide. Like it was like a callback. Like, oh hey, this is actually good. Like, I feel like Crimson Sky should be eliminated next, except somebody pulled the trigger because they're hateful. All right, it's my turn. Yes. Oh, the siege. Okay. Damn it. Yep. What, you wanted the siege to win? No, I wanted to eliminate it because from here on out it gets really tough. I wanted you to I wanted you to take one. Make a for tougher me. choice. Um yeah, so I, there's a movie that I think's pretty bad, but the siege is like probably the worst movie that's left on here. Um it's 
it's just a really generic action movie about like Islamic terrorists. It's it's fine. It's got Tony Shalhoub in it, which is cool. But that's all about all I good I can say about it. All right. Um, we're down to we're down to seven movies. And for the for the uh, listener, I'm at home. I'm gonna reread them. The Book of Eli, Man on Fire, American Gangster, Inside Man, Two Guns, The Equalizer, and Training Day. Eric. I'm. Uh, I'll take. I'll take a hit for the team, just because it really doesn't deserve to be past this. Uh, a very, a very fine movie, a very fun movie. I watched last year, and it it kept me captivated to sit and watch most of the movie all the way through. The Equalizer. Uh, I really liked his character in the movie as an overall movie. Maybe, maybe not as much as I like the character. Yeah, it's it's it's. I, I like fine. what you said before we got on the air. You said that. You know, you rewatched it and you you thought it was maybe a different movie and yeah, I was like I was like I rewatched this and I thought maybe I have confused with another movie because I thought I really liked this and I think maybe it's just like it just feels like taken light. You know, you like know what it just... felt like to me? It felt like uh, it's totally different movies, but it felt like the professional done today with a tweaked plot. It just had that feeling like his apartment looked the same. I don't know. The cinematography was similar to me. Bye, Equalizer. It's, it also has kind of like dated. For a movie that came out in 2014, it has like dated sensibilities with like slow motion and, and I don't know. It's it's fine. I thought that movie came out two years ago. Yeah. All right. Um, it's Kevin's turn. Yeah. I'm gonna eliminate Deja Vu. It's already gone. <laughs> I know why you did. I knew that, immediately but, but, what Kevin was doing. Immediately. I knew exactly Sorry. what you did, but I just wanted to. to I just ha- I wanted to play it straight. Okay. I'm gonna eliminate a movie that I think. Would probably ride a little bit longer, but in my opinion, this is a above-average movie that gets uh, um, a lot of credit. I'm gonna eliminate Training Day. Okay, I don't. I don't totally disagree. It's a. It's very well acted, but it's also kind of the plot is just very middling. Yeah, it's. It's. I. I don't like totally. It's just like it's a slice of life thing, right? Like it just goes. It's this is one day, right? Like yeah, and there's a number of scenes in there where they they just hang out in that scene quite a while. The movie could and, be like 20 minutes. Short. Oh, also, it's like super dissatisfying ending. Yeah, like to say the least. Um, okay, it's my turn. Yep. Um, there's two movies left that I really don't want to win. Um, so I guess I'm gonna. I, it's gonna get back to me, so I'm gonna get to eliminate one of them. So I'll go ahead and get rid of Man on Fire. Um, Gosh, surprise! Man on Fire is this. It's fine. It's it's like you know what it's like kind of like the equalizer, <laughs> it's it's like very I feel very similarly it's a about good Man on movie. Fire. It's doing a thing and it does the thing pretty well. It's kind of overrated, yeah. though, To be honest with you, uh, all right, four movies left, Eric. Uh, okay, so I just want to go on the record and say that I didn't mean to eliminate a movie that people loved, like Crimson Tide, because I am a sensitive man, which I'm going to be right now because I don't want to eliminate something you guys are super passionate about. And so I have two movies that I kind of want off this list. Uh, Inside Man. All right. I, just, I, I love I, this movie. So okay. See, it was my number one choice to win. It is one of the two movies I most wanted to win this, but that's fine. Tell me tell me more about why you love this movie so much. Why this movie? It's a heist movie. It's really <laughs> no, fun. Well, I'm sorry. That was, I should have said Nathan Tomo. I the forgot. Movie, the movie is really funny. Like, it has, like, very funny moments in it. And it, it like... I feel like it's a directly uh, better version of a different movie on this list. It's just cool. It's just cool. I don't know. All right. Uh, it's a very fun movie to watch. Also, it's like uh, the best thing Spike Lee's done in a long time. Uh, Kevin, American Gangster, Book of Eli, Two Guns. Two Guns. 
Well, because right. I feel like Inside Man should have been in and Two Guns should have been out. So if right. Inside Man is so better, Two Guns. Uh, I'm definitely I'm definitely eliminating Book of Eli. It was the other movie that I didn't want to win. Yep. So, um, Book of Eli is like a really slight above average. I would have picked Two Guns to win, Kevin, if you would have let me. Just so I you know, know that's why I had to do that. <laughs> I'll say this about the Book of Eli. I'm not going to let Two Guns win over American Gangster. I'll say that American Gangster what? deserves to win, but Book of Eli, I'll say is. I feel like Inside Man deserved to win. Way Let's better. It. Way better than I thought. Oh please. The first elimination, you guys were like, spite, spite. Uh, Book, Book of, of Eli was way better than I thought it would be. That was a good movie. The twist was kind of dumb, but you knew it was going to be a dumb twist. Or at least I did. So it didn't bother me. I enjoyed what the movie did. It's just, it's not very, it's like very stylish and like interesting to look at, but like. Do you mean it's kind of high concept? It's not good. <laughs> but I'll say this, for a <laughs> post-apocalyptic world short on water, we've seen this before, it's boring, I don't want to see it, it's stupid. Denzel, and the whole movie... Gary Oldman kills it in that yes. movie. Gary Oldman too. kills it, and the action scenes are real action. Really good. Since, the since, action in that movie Since is we didn't get a chance to talk about Two Guns, by the way, this is like this movie is like a paint-by-numbers action movie. Like It's like exactly what you want it to be, but it's just got these like two super charismatic great stars just fucking doing their thing you know it's like mark Wahlberg doing his thing and denzel doing his thing denzel's got gold teeth in this movie like it's it's great i highly recommend this movie uh it, it's not great and it's, i didn't it's eliminate it because i knew how much he loved you it it's not a 10 no, i should have that inside man, man would have won it's not a 10 because i would have been fine eliminating book of eli because i'd have eliminated book of eli and left inside man and american Games i'll be honest there, but i was not gonna let two guns beat american i thought of, that's a travesty i thought about book of eli like losing every single round for like almost the whole thing i was like <laughs> should i eliminate book of eli now no i'll just let it hang I out thought because that movie was so much better than i expected it, and because of the performances and the action and we did action i wanted it probably about okay. where it went let's out. talk the about action Rid- scenes in that movie were very good let's i didn't want about, to win but i wanted it up there right, let's american talk about gangster. ridley scott's american gangster starring tra- russell crowe and denzel washington he traded up for sure uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right what what do you guys so you guys like american gangsters what do we what do we like about this movie uh so i like the fact that it was it had a narrative style it was um it kind of reminds me of goodfellas in a way where it really follows somebody's life except i felt like um frank lucas was a much more uh likable likable character yeah exactly. because the uh because it was intentional that the main character for goodfellas was unlikable mm-hmm. like frank lucas you could kind of relate to why he made the decisions that he made and he was doing what he thought was best and then kind of the life got away from him this is a really long movie that's my big knock on it it's a throwback movie but where it's like kind of movies going to be longer. It's kind of gritty. Yeah. Like um like it's it's got it's got like a throwback sensibility to it. But and yeah. And the action is it's, really good action. It's two and a half hours and it doesn't need to be. That's like my that I would have eliminated it if at the end against almost anything except Book of Eli just because it's just to talk about how much I hate movies that are this long. Like I feel like if this movie was 20 minutes shorter, I would love it. But it's just so long. It's such a drag to watch this movie. I feel like there's a number of scenes that uh, show you something a different scene already showed you. I feel like that's, that's kind of the trap that this fair. one got into. Where they're like, hey, we established this thing about this character already. Let's establish it again. Hey, guess what? Family, still important. Hey, guess what? He's he's still willing to be violent when he has to be. It's like, this is a really, really long episode of The Wire. Yeah, there's like it a, does have the RZA in it. They very la- they layered up the the Denzel character. Like he was very interesting and multi dimensional. He was not just like 
you know, he was not just like a one note guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. I felt like the characters had depth. I also felt like, uh, um, Russell Crowe's character, uh, Josh Brolin's, uh, uh, I think it's, you say Chiwetel Ojafor, um, who kind of played, uh, if I remember correctly, it was kind of like, it was his son. It's like all based on a true story, by the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. This is just, it was a really well done movie. It, it had the drama elements with the action elements. I, I think it's one of Denzel's best movies. It's just a little too long. Yeah. I mean, they felt like they had to tell the whole story for whatever reason. I'm not 100% sure why, but um, there's tons of heavy hitter actors in this. Um, like Kevin said, that Brolin's in it. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr., Chuelo Joford, Russell Crowe, Idris Elba. Like, there's all kinds of people in this movie that are really good. Common's in this movie. I know you guys love Common. The RZA. The RZA again, yes. The, what about the Jizza? The Ghostface Killer, Inspector Deck, Raekwon, the so. Chef. No. Raekwon, the Chef's not in this? You're not going to mem- list the members of the Grave Diggers? I'm pretty sure this movie has, like, a really dope soundtrack, too, if I, I remember. I seem to remember that being the case. There's um, some really sweet cars. I remember that. Yeah. All right. So, four, Kevin Garber. Four, Eric Ronenbeck. Tell us your favorite Denzel Washington movie in the comments or tweet us, and we'll see you next week. Go Hawks!